friends, welcome to Annie's Pink Chair, where we bring real, raw, relevant issues to the table from a woman's perspective. You know, our show is about relationships, but not only that, toxic relationships. I have a very special guest today that is just a beautiful person, and she is a firecracker. Let me tell you about my friend Nisi, Dr. Nisi Hamilton. She is a CEO of Survivor's Voice of Victory, speaker, creator, lifestyle influencer, survivor of human trafficking. Nisi Hamilton is an avid award-winning expert in the field of human trafficking, a field she comes to with five years of pain experience as a survivor of human and labor trafficking. With her multicultural background, Hamilton is committed to encouraging diversity and inclusion, making a difference in the decriminalization of human trafficking, poverty, and homelessness with minors. Okay, listen, Nisi, I am so happy you're here, girl. I'm just so excited. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. Miss Dr. Nisi, how are you today? I am well, Andy. How are you? I love you. I love oh you too, God. girl. Wish I could <laughs> hey, hug you right now. I know. <laughs> we will see each other soon, trust me. So we want to know, my audience wants to know, because I know a little enough to love you, but we want to know who Nisi is. Tell us about yourself. Oh, God, that's such a loaded question, Annie, because I'm know. so used to people <laughs> always asking me about the human trafficking that I forget that I'm still a person. Um, Nisi is a global humanitarian. She is just uh, she's a mama bear. She has seven children and, you know, she rules her house with an iron fist. She <laughs> is. Um, <laughs> she's a. Uh, a political power player and she knows what she wants um you know with god because she is a, a kingdom lifestyle influencer she is an industry titan in the space of human trafficking and she doesn't play that <laughs> girl so you know <laughs> it, it's so wonderful how you say that about the human trafficking because prior to that you're i mean me asking you who you are I see that you know who you are. How did that happen? Because tell us the journey because you got trafficked. How does someone that gets trafficked and, you know, a person that runs away and tries to live on their own and live on the street, how does that happen to create a person as you are today? The woman of God with so much influence, but not only that, a heart for those who have been trafficked. Oh, man. You know, Annie, you know I love to talk about the Bible, but we talking about me right now, so <laughs> I could go on and on and on. But just, just thinking about my experience with human trafficking, you know, I was trafficked as a child. And what you don't realize is that children are abused in their core worlds. So that, you know, and just being a black girl, dealing with so many symptoms of human trafficking, like adultification, there's a right. lot of cultural currency 
that adds more value to the vulnerabilities when it comes to human trafficking. It's, it's bigger than just, you know, uh, economics and, and lifestyles is agenda is coping is co-parenting is planning, um, is, uh, self-actualizing is adjusting, um, and things like that. Um, and when you are not in a place where you can just pay attention to your kid because you weren't paying attention uh, uh, to your kid or you wasn't paying attention to as a child before you became a parent, a lot of those symptoms uh, will be displayed throughout your, your parental style. And that's that's the gap that I fell into. I was 14 years old. I had aged out of foster care. My family um, you know, unfortunately for them, and, and, and they made a very unhealthy decision to leave me behind because wow. back then in that era, Annie, it was, you know, it was about the social impact children had on the household, on the economic structure of it. Can I get a check for this child? How right, can I that, get okay. Girl. income? Yes. Mm. Right. I, I, it's my nerve. That's on my nerve because... That was a setup by a certain person in office of the political party. <laughs> I mean, it was. That, we know we, we even saw though it, it, it helps a lot of people, but it also will hinder. Right. It will the hinder. Wel- right. The welfare system was a democratic solution for socialism. You know, this was back in the 60s. Um, mm-hmm. It was supposed to have been a collaborative effort to get you know, um, citizens who were less fortunate than others back on the route of, you know, independence. And um, this also happened during the domestic violence era. You know, we had we had civil rights era yes. back then, you know, and we also had the women's rights movement mm-hmm. and, um, you know, things like that. And, you know, we had before me, you know, women like Gloria Steinman, who, mm-hmm. who stood up for, you know, against you know, abuses against women and things like that. And in the 1960s, it was still okay for, you know, for a husband to beat his wife. Right. And then they, you know, and, and to just, you know, it was a political farce to make fun of it inside the courtroom where they would still have, uh, you know, undertones of, of uh, legal undertones like rule of thumb, which rule of thumb meant that your husband couldn't beat you with nothing that was bigger than or wider right. than his. <laughs> I remember that. That's yeah. crazy. So, so, wow. So listen, you, you ran away. Well, you had to be on your own when you were 14. You said you aged out. And so what happened? Where did you go? Well, I ended up living behind Walmart on West Road um, on 45. And this is in Houston, Texas, guys. So just to kind of pinpoint where I'm at um, at this particular time in life, I'm behind this Walmart. And of course, vulnerabilities increase. And when vulnerabilities increase, risk and crime increases as well. And so this is the start of my human trafficking journey. And you know, when you're saying yes to things while you're already vulnerable, it's not you saying yes, it's your vulnerability saying yes. And I think that's where people get um, confused that because human Come trafficking is an, it's an unequal power relationship. Yes. And when you don't have a control of your life um, and you don't have um, any space to operate with any type of discipline, you know, you, you really don't have any leverage, right? right? You don't have any social leverage. You don't have no social capital. Um, things like that that you, you know you're not making the income and at this point you don't even know you're profitable you're a kid and so 
to be a part of anybody's economy, you would be, you know, prone to injury because right. you could not produce. And so, and I'm speaking like this in terms because I want to make sure that we're clear that before I was even sex trafficked, these are the signs of labor trafficking. And people, when we talk about human trafficking, they forget that labor trafficking exists. They go straight into uh, the sexual component, which is just sure. as important. But right. labor trafficking is so important that people can't even visualize the, the you know, or conceptualize how does it even start and then start right there with an unequal power relationship. And so here it is. I'm going through this journey with this vulnerability. I'm couch surfing, living at different people's <laughs> houses. And right. all of a sudden you hear, hey, you know, you can't stay here too long. If you do, you might get pregnant. So you hear this over and over and over again. And you think it to yourself, well, this is an easy solution, right? Get pregnant and maybe somebody will pay attention to the one vulnerability that's holding me back, which is homelessness. And that's not what happened. That vulnerability made another vulnerability and doubled the risk. It increased. Right. It so increased the, the problems that I was having. You got pregnant at 14? I got pregnant at 15. Well, yeah, okay, you know well, what? Might as well be right, 14. I got pregnant at 14 <laughs> and you had right. the baby at 15. When you were 15, right. right. So, yes. Wow. Wow, yeah, that is, that I, I, I don't even know what you could have been feeling back then. So what did you do? Because you said the person said, well, you better leave because you're going to get pregnant. So what happened? So I get pregnant and I'm thinking, hey, maybe this will solve some of my problems. And this would institute some type of level of permanency because that's what I'm looking for. Permanent, a permanent place to stay. And what it did was it increased that vulnerability even more. Well, literally, Annie, 15 days after being a mom, 15. 15 days I'm sued by my own state because I'm a mom and I'm homeless. I got nowhere to take my baby. I got nowhere to live. I have no running water, no AC, no stove, nowhere to put the food. I can get the food, nowhere to put the food. And that became a problem. And instead of being, um, put back into conservatorship by my state, my, me and my child, we were treated like adults, like independent adults at, at 15 years old. And which so, that was wow. the third vulnerability. Yeah. And th that's crazy. So then how, I mean, obviously you're not a lazy person, so you were probably freaking out. How do I take care of my child? What happened to where you got pulled into the sex industry? Well, the judge laid out some stipulations for me in order for me to keep my kid because clearly I did not want my rights to be terminated. And um, three of those stipulations I remember was that I had to get a GED, I had to find somewhere to stay, and I had to have a bank account. I didn't necessarily have to have a job that was not a requirement, but I had to make deposits into an account where that they could see, you know, that, that I could be fiscally responsible for my kid. And at, at 15, now turning 16, that is a huge adjustment on somebody who still hasn't uh, experienced freedom. Um, still, you know, for somebody who's never experienced living on their own besides homelessness. And still, you know, somebody who's never experienced having a support system. So my first time being introduced to a support system was a system that was made to tear down 
and to crucify, to criminalize something that was already happening to me. And then they justified what they were doing to me through my vulnerability by making me a criminal when I really just needed help because I was a homeless teenager. Girl, you were a child. You were a child. I was a child. child. I'm going to cry. I'm I'm getting angry for your situation, even though it's gone now. But and, and girl, so then you went... Someone offered you a job, right? And you were like, yeah, Someone I'll take offered it. Me a job. So what happened was I take this vulnerability. So I'm three vulnerabilities, right? And, I, and let's just make this about vulnerabilities versus making this about people. Because I want to be, like I said, I want to be clear that we understand how, we, how I got here. So I had three vulnerabilities going on. And now a, a temporary solution, which a lot of people go to, when in a situation like that is church. I go to church. I tell the church what's going on. The suggestion is, hey, why don't you hook up with girls that are around your age that are, you know, predominantly mature and that can help you navigate through this pain system. So I say, okay, no problem. I hook up with a girl from church around my age. And her suggestion to me was, hey, I have an ID. I'm 18. I work at a strip club. And I'm like, wait, what? You work at a strip club? Yes. I'm not doing anything crazy. I'm just waitressing. Maybe you can use my ID, work at another strip club and make money the same way I do. I mean, it was, it was problem, strategy, solution. I mean, it, it, it was really just that simple. You know, I got this problem, these three vulnerabilities. I have to, I have to make up for each one of them, or I'm going to, you know, have my rights terminated and I probably will never see my kid again. Or take her suggestion, which is the only suggestion and the only solution for my current situation right now. Because I need money getting into that bank account, which was a stipulation of the judge right away. I need to make this happen right away. So you started this, working I, at the strip club and I started working at the strip club. I'm just waitressing. Just waitressing. Her yeah. boyfriend's keeping my baby. And this is where things get tricky. Girl, I'm making that's, mm-hmm. my, exploiting I know, your right? child. Exploiting your child. Your child was first exploited. Mm. Right. Right. And I love how you said that. And you really, you know, pinpoint that out because and it wasn't that the child was exploited. It was just that the vulnerabilities, because I had those three top vulnerabilities, Mm -hmm. they were exploited through my kid. Right. Using my kid. And so what happened was that particular guy who was her boyfriend, but also her pimp and unbeknownst to me, I'm making about seventy five dollars a night. I'm thinking that's pretty good. I'm new to the hospitality industry. This is not something that I'm used to. And he tells me one day, you can't get your kid back unless you make me $200 a day. Now I have four vulnerabilities that are in front of me. I'm homeless. I'm sued by the state. The judge gave me requirements. And now this man is keeping my kid away from me unless I give him $200 a day. Now watch this. I can't go tell the judge because if I tell the judge, it increases the criminality and the risk factor that they've right. already given me. Right. Right. You'll never get your kid back then. 
Never. Right? Exactly. <laughs> They've exposed my vulnerabilities. They didn't reduce them. Mm-hmm. I'm already sued. I have no attorney. There is no one legally giving me any advice that would help me mitigate through my vulnerabilities. And I'm still homeless. Wow. Recipe for disaster. So obviously you got into a, a storm and a, a sort of like a quicksand storm where you could get out of it. Absolutely. He knew I couldn't tell the judge. He knew that I, mm-hmm. you know, he knew, he knew that everything would backfire on me. It was ultimately, it was my responsibility and uh, that I was still physically responsible for my kid. And, um, and I, I mean, and it was double pay because really it was like, you know, I had to pay him $200 and I had to, you know, make enough money to put into my account to show the judge that I was, you know, like I said, responsible. And, right, and so, Obviously, waitressing is not going to get you $200 unless you work at a really high end place. I mean, maybe nowadays it could. So you had to start doing doing things that were probably not in your. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. uh, That's just dude. I want to I want to talk about about the your child, because I, I saw you and your husband and your child get up there and talk about him calling you. So we, so obviously you got trafficked, right? And how long were you in, in that with that? Was it that pimp or was it another trafficker that you were under the thumb of? I was, uh, so I switched traffickers. So that trafficker was making so much money off of me and, um, you know, vulnerabilities were exposed, right? They were exposed in a strip club and they were exposed amongst uh, and talked about amongst the strippers there. And um, here comes another solution, but through mm-hmm. a pimp. And that solution is, hey, you know, you come with me, you can have a better life. Right. And uh, basically, because it was a solution, not necessarily an option. I, I had an option, which was to stay where I was at. Um, th- the solution was that, you know, I didn't have to work as hard and, and that lifestyle wouldn't be so damaging. And um, I didn't have to run a risk of not seeing my kid or my kid being held hostage because I'm in debt bondage. Right. Right. And so I take the option with the less uh, amount of resistance. And he and called now, you from the car. He after the, after. Right. He called you the, from the car. Tell me what happened with that. We got about two and a half minutes for that story. And then we got to rap on the five. <laughs> oh God. So we, we, we were actually, we, we were actually in the club and he calls me, you know, in the club and he tells me, Hey, um, and I know what part you're talking about. He, he tells me, Hey, you know, come be with me. I, you know, I can provide you a better life. And what happens is to speed the story up is, um, I begin to live with this guy and I could get my hair done by him. I didn't have to go to the strip club. I could get my nails done. No strip club, baby formula, baby bottles, no strip club. And my life is at peace. There is some type of balance happening for me. And then all of a sudden it became, I can't get your hair done. I need you to go to work. I can't get your nose done. I need you to go to work. I can't buy baby formula and uh, diapers anymore. I need you to go to work. And because I think I'm in a relationship with this guy, I start negotiating what I think he can do um, instead to make money. And that's not what happens. So you got barrier testing and erosion. How can I, how can I convince you that we're in a relationship because you need relationships to get girls, right? Um, boys are more visual and visual concepts. 
and and I'm going to reel you in, get you in a, in a place where you're most comfortable, then I betray you. And the part Annie's talking about is the actual betrayal. Mm. I get in right. the car with this guy who I think is my boyfriend at this point. He takes me to a hotel that's on the north side of town. He gives me a key and he tells me uh, with the gun in his hand, I better when I come out this room, you know, you better come out with all of my money. And it was it. My ego left. My inspiration left. You know, everything I thought about myself left. Um, everything died in me. And that new result was going to be, Nisi, you need to make sure you stay alive so you could be a mom for the kid who was ju- right. who was almost just, you know, taken away from you. You know, not even by the court at this particular time, but 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 by this guy who's labor trapping you. And then the second component is the court, because I still can't tell them that any of this is even happening or I'm or I'm going to be a criminal forever in their eyes. Wow. But you're, I remember you sh- you shared that your son called you and he said, I, I, I want you to come get me. We got five minutes left, girl. I know. <laughs> um, you know, and, and to speed the story up as time went on and I'm being, so now I'm being sex trafficked and um, as I'm being trafficked back in the day when you would traffic guys, you know, if you had a condom, um, you would get paid less money or you would be charged less money rather. Um, if you did use, a, I mean, if you didn't use a condom, um, you would make most of your money. And so most of the Johns that are being traded to, um, they prefer no condom. And so because that was an option for them, um, not for me, but for them, you know, a pregnancy happens. So as time is going on and the court case is going on, I turn 16, I get pregnant with, you know, during the duration of this court case. And I have Chris, which is my second baby, the one that you met. And, um, you know, is it was tough because, you know, back then getting an abortion was, you know, clearly it was an option. But for me, you know, in my personal choice, it was not an option. And um, I think everybody started crying when I was on the stage with Chris and I said he was the best decision that I ever made in my life. And I want to cry now and think about that because he is. I'm so glad I made that decision. I just think that people don't associate uh, children with human trafficking and they don't understand uh, that part that it plays when you when you do have children with your abusers and how to move on with that and what that healing journey looks like and I remember um, just because of that lawsuit as I got older and my pimps um, couldn't make money off of me anymore they sued me for my children and one of the things that they used was what I went through when I was a teenager and right. they used that to validate my character as an adult. And that wasn't even who I was. And they used that to get my children. So I became the first case in the state of Texas where I was sued for child support by the men who had been trafficking me. And because they had not been penalized in criminal court for the trafficking, the judge released my children to my traffickers. Wow. And I remember my son was, he was trying to get away. He was trying to run away and he was with the trafficker and um, he ran away from the trafficker and, and, and he ran away to a particular part in Houston where there was some train tracks and he stole somebody's phone, um, a person who was trying to get him to me where I was at. And um, at that time, I could not be around my children. And um, because of the court, they said I couldn't be around my children um, and that I was a danger to my children. 
and my son called me on the phone and he goes, mom, you know, I'm, I'm, I miss you. You know, where are you? Can you come get me? I love you. And I said, I want to come get you. I do love you. You know, mama can't come get you right now, but I promise you I'm going to figure it out. And um, it took me seven years, Annie, seven years to get all of my children back. And I can firmly say, by the grace of God, that I have all of my children. As of September the 11th of 2020, <laughs> I got all Praise my babies back. Jesus, girl. <laughs> I, I'm crying right now. I'm so, I'm so happy that your kids are safe and you're doing what you're doing, Nisi. We have to have you come back on. I, I want you to tell people how they can get a hold of you. What is your website? Is it a survivor's voice of victory? What? No, it's, is it an- it's actually www.nisihamilton.com. Okay. That's it. So com. Just uh, look me up there. Um, you can always Google me, hear more of the story and things like that. And um, guys, and, and guess what? This is just part one of the story, you guys. There's so much to talk about. Of Las course. Vegas, I really thank you for receiving me. And thank you so much, Annie, for letting you, me come on you- uh, your show. You are such an amazing warrior and just entrepreneur, a woman of God. And I really honor you, Nisi, and your journey. And I, I just want to just say, oh gosh, if I would have known you, <laughs> we probably would have caused some trouble together. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know you're, you're so inspiring, and and I just, I just want to commend you for not having abortions because. Those kids are future presidents, ministers, and everything you can put underneath that, whatever that is. I mean, they are, they have a right to have their lives and you made sure that happened. And that makes you just a mighty hero in my eyes and so many more people as well. And we love you. And again, we can get a hold of you on your website, but then you're on Instagram and you're on Facebook, right? Twitter and Facebook. Okay. Yes. Yep. So on Twitter at Hamilton Nisi. Um and Facebook just Nisi Hamilton and Instagram uh the real underscore Nisi Hamilton. All right, girl. Well listen, we're gonna wrap and we love you and we just wanna thank you for coming on the show today. And yes, there will be a part two. <laughs> All right, girl. <laughs> we'll see you soon, okay? Okay, I love you so much. Thanks, you Annie. Too. You too, you're welcome. Hi friends, I want to talk about our nonprofit today. It's called Destiny House. And it's a place where ladies that have been in the sex industry, ladies that have been sex trafficked, can come and live and recover from their lifestyle. Basically, it's this to dream, discover, develop into the perfect destiny that God has for them. It's nine to 24 months. And we're so excited because we're actually going to be opening up our second home called Dream House. And this place is a place where ladies can come after the first program. And it's more independent living where they have their jobs and their schooling that they're doing, and they can become more successful because we know that trauma and complex trauma is real. That's why I want to ask you today, to please consider to partner with us because most if not all of these ladies come to our program and they're completely broken. They've got heavy complex trauma with comes with so many different 
issues and comorbidities that they need help just to get stabilized and to get their mind and their heart right and to get healing from that deep trauma. And we have great programs. We have trauma therapy and the ladies go to addiction classes and life skill classes and also equine therapy. And they like to do arts and crafts and just it's just a very well holistic trauma-informed well-rounded program that when these ladies come they definitely get their healing and they get a brand new start and a brand new life of promise hope and a great future please partner with us if it's on your heart we need to keep our houses open you can go to pinkchair.com and click on donate and your donation is tax deductible. Thank you, everyone.